Welcome to Scanner School, a podcast where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. This is session number 203 of the podcast, and today we're going to talk about the pros and cons of using a Baofeng radio or Baofeng radio as a scanner. Yes, you have heard me correctly here. We're talking about the pros and the cons. So listen. I have many Baofeng radios. It's no secret that, though, I do give them a bad rap on my social media channels. I give them a bad rap over on my Instagram feed, my Twitter feed, and also my Facebook page. But the truth of the matter is I own a pile of these. Now, before we jump into the pile and the mess and maybe a little bit of a debate. I'm sure some of you guys will be screaming at your podcast players or your YouTube if you're listening to us over on YouTube on some of the things I mentioned today. But before we do that, I want to play some feedback I received on our previous podcast session on handheld versus mobile radio podcast. So let me play that for you really quick and then we'll jump into today's podcast. Hey, you're your programs are great, but anyway, you missed a really important factor with the handheld. Um, if you live in a wooded area, you can always have a fire or some sort of disaster. And the beauty of a handheld, and it's why I think the manufacturers always tend to come out with a handheld first, um, is you just grab the thing, you throw it in your bag, you can use an earphone if you end up living in a shelter or something, um, which you can't do that with a uh, you can, but it's a lot of work to have a 12-volt battery when you're grabbing your stuff, get out of the house. My house uh, happens to be in a forest-type area, and we've had several major incidents here over the last couple of years, and we've had to get out of the house. And I just grab my handhelds. I have a bag. I have eight of them, to be precise. And I just grab my handhelds, and they're loaded with batteries, regular AA batteries, and I'm out the door and gone. And I just throw the bag in the back of the car, and I don't have to worry about anything else. Anyway, that's a really important factor with handhelds. And if all you have is a is a base unit or a desktop unit, um, you can't do that. You can't grab it and go. I can grab my handheld bag, and I have eight handhelds in there, and if I have to, I can use an earphone and off and running. And I'm out the damn door. That's a really important factor that you tended to miss with handhelds. You can take a, a base unit along, but it's a lot of work. Secondly, you're always in danger, especially if you're in a big city, of somebody breaking into your car. And if they see the handheld, or they see the base unit, or the desktop sitting in the car, they're going to rip it out. Anyway, have a good day. Again, the biggest thing that you did tend to miss, and I generally do like your shows, uh, is the fact that a handheld, the portability is the biggest factor. And the new portable, the the uh, SDS-100 and the 200 are basically the same radio. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye. That is great feedback. I'd love to give you credit for the message you left me, but you didn't leave me a name, so I'm not exactly sure who you are. But to whoever you are who left feedback, 
thank you so much. I really thought I put that in the podcast episode, but it could have been so obvious that I overlooked it, right? Sometimes I go through all these scenarios in my head when I write a podcast episode, and it's quite possible that I thought of this and I didn't write it down, or maybe I wrote it down and I didn't say it. But yes, obviously a handheld radio, portability, right? That's it's 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 obvious. <laughs> so um, if I didn't bring it up, I do apologize. But thank you so much for leaving feedback on that podcast episode. Anybody wants to go back and listen to that one? It's episode one ninety nine. Episode one ninety nine. We talked about handheld versus uh, desktop mobile scanners. And if you want to leave me feedback, I'd love to hear it. You can use the same avenues as our ask page actually to leave feedback over at our voicemail number at five one six three zero eight. 2885 or even SpeakPipe again, which is over on our Ask page on the website. So let's talk about these Baofeng radios here. And we're only going to stick to Baofengs. We're not going to talk about any other manufacturer or clones or anything else. We're going to actually save that part of the discussion for next week's podcast. So if you want to know my take on maybe some radios that you could buy besides the Baofengs that are about the same price point, look for next week's podcast episode. But this week's podcast episode is all about the pros and the cons of these radios. And again, leaving your feedback. And also you can join our discussion over on Discord on this uh, discussion as well over at scannerschool.com slash discord. So in my collection of Baofeng or Baofeng radios, however you want to pronounce them, I have a pile of them. Now, it wasn't my intent to go out and buy a million Baofeng radios. Some of these I intentionally bought, like the UV5R and even the GT3P, I think is what it is. I'm not even sure anymore. It's the one with the orange uh, sides on it. But I acquired a whole pile on other transactions as well. Somebody was actually selling a box of radios. He's like, hey, Phil, do you want this box of radios? And there was one in there that caught my eye. And I'm like, all right, I'll take the lot. And besides the one radio I really wanted in there was a couple of uh, the Baofeng F8s, the UV8s, another uh, GT3P. There was actually a DMR flavor of of the UV5R, a couple of UV5REs. So look, to say I don't use Baofeng radios, right, that would be a lie. I definitely use the radios, and I have enough that I can honestly say there's some pros to them, and there's also some cons. So let's talk about those in a second. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early, and also you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. And they are... 
Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Floyd Goff, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruda, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Koroff. John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Randy Cummins, Raymond Hill, Robert, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Terry Weatherford, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. All right, I'm going to save the pros, the good stuff for the end, because I want you to stick around for that. The cons. I think we can all agree on some of the cons on these radios here, okay? So what are some of the cons? Well, we're looking at this from a scanner radio perspective, okay? We're scanner radio-focused podcast here, so we're not going to talk about the fact where this can transmit, how it can transmit, where it shouldn't transmit, except for the fact on how it relates to the scanner radio hobby, okay? Which is, obviously... You can mistakenly transmit anywhere in the band where you're not supposed to transmit, okay? So you could set up a scan list, put the radio in your pocket, and accidentally transmit on a public safety frequency, okay? This is one of the issues we have to look at when we get a radio with a push-to-talk button on it. So it's a liability having one of these radios. And imagine that you're the reason that there's a public safety officer that can't reach into their dispatcher, can't get help, can't hear their dispatcher because you're transmitting on their frequency. That would be a huge fine from the FCC, if not also jail time, okay? So these $35 radios do have a lot of liability on them. Now, if that worries you and this one spot alone worries you a lot about using one of these radios and owning one, then the fact is don't own it. But on the pro side, and we're going to talk about this in a second, I can get you out of this trouble if you're careful with your programming. One of the problems that I really despise about the Baofeng radio is its extremely slow scan rate. I mean, extremely slow scan rate. It scans... I don't even know what, that, what the rate is anymore. I, I, I used to know the, the number. But even if it's four channels a second and it's 128 channels, right? You do the math on that. That means it takes a half a minute, 32 whole seconds to go from channel one all the way to 128 and back down on channel one. And actually, in these Baofeng radios, it's channel zero to 127, but we're splitting hairs at this point on that one. The scan rate is ridiculously slow. Ridiculously slow. I, I, if you're going to buy one of these as a scanner, put a very small scan list in there or expect to miss some transmissions. It's just going to be that obvious, okay? Um, but again, I do use them, right? If I have only one channel or a small set of channels I want to listen to, Baofeng is great for that one. You can only put in, though, 128 memory channels on the UV5R and UV5R clones. That's not a lot of channels, especially when you live in a metropolitan area like I live in, right? My county alone will take up all 128 channels if you want to scan fire, okay? Then you need a second radio, what, for the neighboring county and another one for the city? I mean, come on. At that point, you're at 90 bucks on these radios, over 100 bucks 
you know, if we start rounding exactly to $35 a unit. So we got to pick and choose what we actually put in these radios. The other issue I have with them is there's only six characters on the display. That means you're getting gobbledygook, basically, on your alpha tags if that's what you decide to put them in. For example, if I want to put in my hometown of North Massapequa, uh, first of all, I can barely fit that into a unit in radio. I got to type in just N space Massapequa, and it all fits. But I've got to put in um, N mass or something like that, or 660, which is the unit ID. Because if I want to know the dispatch, the fire ground, and the talk around channel on each one of these, I can't put North or N mass in there three times because I'll never know what I'm talking about. So you have to figure out another way to put all these frequencies in and alpha tag them. Luckily, where I am, they use six or three digit, rather, um, unit designations battalion and then house number basically or a unit and department number so where i live is battalion six and it'll be this you know every every 10 digit goes up by the next department in there so my local department is 660 so i could put 660 dsp 660 fgd or fgn i could do 660 tac right so at least i know the three frequencies that they could be using I could, if they had an EMS channel, I could do 660 EMS, right? These are ways you've got to get creative. But now you got to start remembering, well, what's, what's 920? What's, what's, you know, 120? Unless you really start memorizing every single department numerical in the county, you're going to need a cheat sheet with you. So again, six digits on a display is just not enough. There's a proprietary battery, on these units. Now, if you know me, you know that I'm not really a big fan of being stuck to a certain battery type. If it's up to me, I would smack in, you know, a double A battery pack if possible. I, I, you know, even when it came down to like the BC 200 XLT, I've got one of those aftermarket hard to find double A battery packs because after a couple of years, these battery packs, they go bad. Then you've got to rebuild them to keep the old radios going because of course you're not going to find them from the manufacturer anymore. And now we're at a point now, too, with, say, like the 200XLT, you almost can't even find the battery packs. And even on some radios that aren't even that old, like I own a couple of amateur radios, you can't find manufactured-made battery packs anymore. They don't make them. So now you got to go on Amazon or eBay Roll the dice and hope that you get a battery that's not going to blow up in your radio or cause a problem with the radio or have a problem on the charger. So I'm not a big fan of battery packs. Although I guess if you look at it, the, the radio is $35, right? If you need a new battery, just get a new radio. But that leads us now into the next problem we have here with these radios. Minor firmware tweaks will prevent you from actually cloning radios. Why? Why? Because the firmware goes up by 0.01, whatever it is. Now, all of a sudden, the radio is incompatible with your code plug file or your programming file. Now, there's ways around it. All you have to do is basically read the radio with Chirp and then copy and paste the data out from the old profile and paste it into the new profile and then write back to the radio. So it works, right? It's, it's, it's the way around it. But to be able to just read one and rewrite it or to take an archive file and push it to a, another radio, a new radio, sometimes it doesn't work. 
even if you get two radios together from Amazon, because they all come on a shelf, they could be different firmwares. So it's a real problem. Uh, it makes me, my mind go, each one of these radios I program, I want to throw them against the wall. It's, it's really, I mean, when I was programming scanner radios for people, I would hate doing the bow fangs. First of all, to, to shoehorn in 128 channels was ridiculous. To come up with a naming convention for them and then to have a problem because all of a sudden now this cable doesn't work or this firmware changed or this doesn't work. They became a big pain in the neck and in other places as well. All right, that's my vent on programming these things. What else? Well, in the scanner radio world, we use BNC and SMA connectors. These are what we call a reverse SMA. So any radio antenna that you have in your pile of scanner radio antennas will not work on a Baofeng radio unless you buy a reversed SMA connector. What does that basically mean? That means that the pin, the male side of the connector is in the radio instead of in the antenna. So there are third-party radio antennas out there that you can use. Diamond makes one, and there's other radio manufacturers out there that make specific antennas for these kinds of radios. Now, look, the two-way commercial field uses the reverse SMA connectors, so it's nothing new in the two-way radio world. But for a scanner radio user and an amateur radio user, it's backwards, okay? It's bass backwards from what we're used to. The other problem I have with these radios is the fact that there's no AM mode. So if you want to put in a couple of aviation frequencies, you're out of luck, they're going to be received in FM mode, which means you're not going to be listening to the t- uh, control towers. You won't be listening to plane to plane. Useless for that kind of stuff. Again, we're looking at a $35 radio here, but still, some people don't understand that when they're getting a radio like this, this is one of the limitations to them. The other problem, though, with it is the fact that the squelch setting in this radio is either off or on. Yes, there's a setting in the radio to adjust the squelch, right? Different levels, one, two, three, four, five, whatever it goes up to. But realistically, it's a zero and a one. That's all it is. It's either off or on. The numbers really don't seem to make a a hill of beans when setting up the radio. My biggest beef, though, with the UV5R and the Baofeng radio family is the fact that you cannot lock out channels or unlock channels in the scan list on the fly. That's the big problem here. No lockout. You have to know what channels you want to ignore when you program your radio. There's no nuisance delete. There's no way to get rid of something. So if you want to scan with this radio, you've got to keep that in the back of your mind. So let's summarize the cons here. I know I sound like a a big wino, right? As a scanner, they just scan way too slow. You can't lock out channels from the scan list. You can accidentally transmit on a frequency you don't intend to transmit on. It's only 128 channels. There's only six characters on the alpha display. Proprietary batteries really are something that grinds my gears. Uh, Minor firmware tweaks can keep you from cloning radios in in a group of radios. The reverse SMA connector, yeah, I know. I'm nitpicking at this point. No AM mode. So you can't monitor aviation with it. And the squelch stinks on ice. Did I leave anything out as far as a con? Let me know. Leave me a message in the description below if you're watching this on YouTube. Go to our website, scannerschool.com session 203. 
let me know there. Or on our Discord server, which is our brand new community. Go to scannerschool.com slash Discord and let me know what you think are some cons on the Baofeng set of radios. Now, on the other side of this break, we're going to put on our little happy face and talk about the good stuff of the radio. If anybody who's a $3 or more Patreon supporter, you guys don't get this break. So you guys stick around, and we'll be right back after this Morse code ID. For everybody else, we'll take a timeout, and we'll see you in a few minutes. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out ScannerSchool.com slash support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com slash support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection? And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers... I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell POGSAC and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss phone, and Unication dealer serving the North American market and, of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For all full inventory or to request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com.
Okay, happy FaceTime. Let's talk about the good things on the Baofeng or Baofeng family radios here. Well, first of all, look, they're cheap, cheap, right? That's the biggest thing they've got going for them. $35. I mean, come on. You could kind of get them on time, sometimes on an Amazon sale for 30 bucks. For that price, they're a no-brainer, right? Even with all the nonsense that we just listed out before the break, can you live through that for a $35 radio, especially if you just want to listen to one channel? I would. It frees up my $650 SDS 200 if I'm going to listen to just one analog channel. May not be the best radio at my arsenal, but but $30, $35. Hey, I would lose that in Atlantic City in, a, in five minutes playing blackjack because I stink at blackjack, right? So that's something that's right there is a, is a great pro. These are very cheap and affordable radios. They're somewhat straightforward to program. Now, don't get me wrong. They're not as easy to program as, say, the old Bearcat 200XLT and those kinds of family radios where you just enter the frequency, hit enter, put the channel number, hit enter, then manual, then frequency, then enter, then channel number, then enter. It doesn't work that way in these radios. You still kind of have to go through the menu system, but they're not as difficult to program as radios like the DMA-style scanners from Uniden, the BCT-15Xs, the uh, 325P2s, the Home Patrol units, the 436s, 536s, SDS-100s, and 200s, right? These, these are as simple as they come. They're on par with basically the SR-30C, the BC-125AT, and the Whistler WS-1010, right? They're straightforward, simple to program, and just like the clock radio series that are out there as well, right? They're all kind of very simple, simple to use. The one biggest, and you know, we'll say this to the end. I want to put the biggest thing that I like about the Baofeng to the very end of the list here. Let's look at another one here. Desktop chargers. I love desktop chargers. Love them. Any radio that I buy, it's a handheld. The first thing accessory that I buy, the first thing accessory I buy, that's a great way of saying it. The first thing I buy, the very first accessory that I purchase is a desktop charger. Now, I am in such a habit of buying desktop chargers that the last three amateur radios that I bought new in box from a you know reputable ham radio dealer, I didn't realize that those radios came with desktop chargers, and I bought desktop chargers. So I actually have two desktop chargers for the last three radios that I bought. So I got to put them on eBay or something. But I love desktop chargers. And again, these radios all come with desktop chargers. I love it because it gives the radio something to stand in. It doesn't fall down. It gives it a a good base. If you're reaching across the desk to raise and lower the volume or or push a button on your radio, it's not going to fall over. It makes it a lot cleaner too. No cables hanging off the side of the radio. I love – did I mention how much I love desktop chargers? I mean, amplifier chargers are much better, but come on. The fact that I don't have any single scanner radio manufacturer out there making a desktop charger. Come on, guys. Baofeng's doing it. <laughs> love, I love me a desktop charger. What else is a real pro with these radios is the fact that you can buy them in the bubble packs with the programming cables. Now, if you go online on Amazon or eBay, the programming cables are like 20, 25, sometimes 30 bucks. I needed a programming cable because the last two I had kind of went toes up on me. And guess what? That was my excuse to buy the GT3 
P or whatever the heck this, this the last name is on it. I'm looking for the radio around my desk right here so I can tell you what the exact name on it. GT3. I bought this radio in my hand right now. I didn't need it, but I needed the programming cable. So if I'm going to spend $25 on a programming cable, heck, for $10, I'll buy another radio. So it's really, I mean, come on. We know that Uniden puts in the, the programming cable, and so does Whistler, right? Radio Shack never did. But I'm just making a point here. For the price of the programming cable, you're pretty much getting it for free when you buy it with a radio or vice versa. What else is really cool about these radios? So sometimes, too, you can find them with an earpiece. Dual receive. Dual receive. What does that mean? That means I can listen and monitor two frequencies at the same time. Scanners will scan through two frequencies. Ping pong, back and forth. Priority scan. All right. The Balfong won't priority scan. But you can put two channels up on a UV5R and monitor two channels. For example, why would I want that? Let's just say... And I know for a fact this is the way some departments in my county operate. They all dispatch on their own, or I'm sorry, they will dispatch on the county's UHF frequency by the county. And only the county can dispatch them on the UHF channel. However, that same department has the ability to transmit on the county's low band channel. All right, well, 4610 isn't going to go into a Baofeng radio. But there's a crossband repeater that repeats everything on 4610 back out to a UHF channel. Somebody in one of those scenarios can actually put in on a dual watch the UHF county dispatch frequency to see if their department's going to get a, a, a dispatch and the repeater frequency. And now they can listen to both channels at the same time on a single radio. $35, guys. My Bearcats, my Unidins, my Whistlers, my Radio Shack scanners can't do that. I mean, it's, it's so simple. But it's something that only comes in a Baofeng radio. PL and DPL. All right. It really doesn't work well in the scan list, but it works well on standalone receiving. You For $35 to get PL and DPL, it's great. The software to program these radios is free. You can go online and download Chirp. Like a bird. Chirp. C-H-I-R-P. Free software. You can use that to program and clone radios. You can import from Radio Reference. It's a great free tool to program your Baofeng radios. And again, like I said in the cons, if you have two radios that don't exactly match up, I mean, I can go from my Baofeng to my Yesu radio if I wanted to. Just by reading the Baofeng, hitting copy, and pasting in the Yesu, or I can do vice versa. As long as the frequencies line up and what can go in the radio you want to go into, you can do it with Sharp. So it's a great way to clone multiple radios. Radio software is free. It's not provided by Baofeng, but most of the radios are supported. And if they're not supported now, you can open a ticket and ask to have it supported. I've done it, and they've added the radios that I had. With Chirp, here's the big deal. You can block frequencies from transmitting. If you set up the radio, you put the receive channel in. There's a column called dupe. That stands for duplex. On many radios, when you set that to off, it blocks the transmit. It's not going to help you on VFO, but it'll help you on the memories. So again, if you use Chirp, go into the duplex settings, set it to off. 
and that will stop the radio from transmitting. If your radio that you have does not support that, you can also set up a split. What I used to do back in the day before that was an option is I would set the split to plus 70 megahertz. That would take the transmit side out of band from the radio, and the radio would not be able to transmit up there. So it was effectively blocking transmit on any memory channel. So like I said before, there's ways around that liability issue. Using chirp, setting duplex to off is a great way to do it. Now, again, these radios can also become your ham radio. They could become your SHTF radio, right, when it hits the fan because it does go out of band. I'm not going to tell you that you can put GMRS frequencies in here and transmit on it, or you can put MERS frequencies in there and transmit on them, or you can put FRS transmit, uh, frequencies in there and transmit it. No, you can't do that. But you can go out of band with these radios, so take that as what I'm telling you to do, Okay. This can become a Swiss Army knife for you if it goes south fast. In addition to what can this do in your go bag or an emergency prep kit is the fact that there is a very bright LED on top of the radio. You can use it as a flashlight if you had to. It picks up NOAA weather radio here in the United States. It also has a pretty loud siren on it. So if maybe you have the radio near you and you're under some rubble, you can actually press the alert button on it, and it will let out a, a siren tone. So this radio could help you in a life-saving event. Would I trust it to? Absolutely not. It's a $35 radio. But if this is all you have on you, yeah, it wouldn't stop me from trying. And it has a lot of stuff on here that can definitely be used to help you out. In addition to, there's plenty of accessories that you can get over on at eBay and Amazon if you wanted to. But keep in mind, a lot of these accessories, like battery eliminator kits, basically is just a battery with a cigarette lighter on it that allow you to plug it into another, uh, another type of power source, right? These will cost almost as much as the radio. But I want to give you the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I happen to love. Yes, I'm using the four-letter word here. What I love about these Baofeng radios and I really wish, in fact, I am begging Uniden and Whistler to add these to your scanners, please. Voice menus. Yeah, the voice isn't the best, but for somebody who's visually impaired, to be able to press buttons on your radio and know what memory or what frequency you're putting in or what menu option you are in, and if you're enabling it and disabling it. Come on. This is the best thing this radio can do here. I mean, it speaks English and Chinese. I can't speak Chinese, <laughs> right? It's, it's great. How come we can't get Uniden and Whistler to put voice menus in their radios, but Baofeng for $35 can? Now, okay, come on. I know they weren't the first Chinese radio manufacturer to do so. I had Wuxons and Puxon radios when they first started to get imported. They also had voice on them. This is by far the best thing on these radios is the fact they will talk to you. Just imagine, all right? Let's back up a bit, right? There's people out there that are visually impaired, legally blind or totally blind. These radios, they can use them. They know where they are. But again, if we're going to put this in our SHTF bag, now we're starting to 
you're, you're in complete darkness. Yes, you have a backlight on the radio, but let's just say that you've got debris in your eyes and you can't see. You have an eye irritant. All of a sudden, when you're in a panic state, wouldn't you love to know what frequency you're on? Think about that for a second. So out of the bad rap that I give Baofeng and all of their clones and everything else that come along with them, and a lot of other people also give them a lot of grief. There's a lot of pros to these radios. There's definitely a lot of good things about them. And again, I wouldn't hesitate to give one of these radios to somebody else and say, here, enjoy it. When you're ready to move up, now you want to get serious about scanning, let's get you into a better radio. But to dip your toe in the water and get used to scanning or get used to receiving something and seeing what's out there, listening, without investing a lot of money, you can't go wrong almost. Now, again, they only do analog. They only do FM. I get it. But that's $35. They're not going to do trunking. That's another con, right? But we don't expect that out of one of these radios for $35. So what do you think? What are some pros that you can think of when it comes to one of these radios? Again, I challenge you. Leave me a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube. Go to our website, scannerschool.com slash session 203 and leave a comment on that page as well. Better yet, join the discussion on this podcast episode over on our Discord server with your fellow Scanner Radio users. This is an open Discord server for anybody in the Scanner Radio hobby. Whether or not you enjoy the podcast, scannerschool.com slash Discord. I mean, I hope you do enjoy the podcast. I hope you will join the, the Discord server as well. But let me know how I did. I want to hear back from you. And also, if you think somebody else would benefit from listening to this podcast episode, please share it with them. Because that's how we grow, and that's how we help more people. And that is why I created the podcast, to teach as many people as I can about the Scanner Radio hobby. And I really hope that this opened your eyes a little bit more on Baofeng Radios. In fact, it did to me. As I was actually laying out and outlining all of the pros on these radios, it actually surprised me on how good these radios really were. Really surprised me at how good these radios were. And I hope you feel the same way. Jump on Amazon and pick one up. And if you're going to pick one up, use your affiliate link. Scannerschool.com slash Amazon. And that's how you can help support the podcast. All right, guys. If you have any feedback, again, let me know. And we'll talk next week. We're going to show you some alternatives to Baofeng UV5R radios and that family of radios. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. And this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73 everyone.